Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Reframable Podcast, the podcast that brings you people's stories and ideas about how we can work to reframe our relationship, not just with alcohol, but with stress, anxiety, relationships, enjoyment, and so much more. Because changing our relationship with alcohol is about so much more than changing the contents of our glass. This podcast is brought to you by the Reframe app. Reframe is the number one app to help you cut back or quit drinking alcohol. It uses neuroscience to reframe your relationship with alcohol and unlock the healthiest, happiest you. My name is Kevin Bellack. I'm a certified professional recovery coach and the head of coaching at the Reframe app. I'm Steph Prangley. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a Reframe coach as well. Welcome, Steph. How's it going? I know. It's been a while. It feels uh, like it, yeah. I don't think we've recorded in almost a month now. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, do you want to fill us in on what's been new with you yeah well <laughs> anyone who's been on my meetings knows i keep saying i'm not bringing my a game i'm bringing like my d plus game or c minus game uh but it's been rough so i had i had my knee surgery all went well with that but i caught a cold which turned into bronchitis so we haven't recorded in probably three or four weeks since probably pre-op we just had to keep, I had to keep canceling because I lost my voice. I had this like violent cough, fatigue, everything that kind of comes with it. And bronchitis like notoriously carries on forever. Yeah. So I finally had my post-op appointment with my doctor today and he kind of threw me some, some steroid meds to help with uh, both the bronchitis and some like residual swelling and stuff that's going on in the knee. But it's just been so hard, like keeping my head up, really. I mean, yeah, it just feels like I need a win here. It's been, it just seems like nonstop, like life has been coming at me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so tough when that's a great way to put it. Like, I just need a win. Anything which might play into. So kind of what we're talking about today, but we'll see as things get off track, uh, as things change. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's so tough that I feel for you because yeah, that's when you have both to have one, okay, I'm sick. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. It can't be, but you know, to be sick, surgery and trying to recover from both. I'm sorry. That is not fun. It's a lot. Well, and I thought like back when it was just a cold, we went to an apple orchard up in Western North Carolina. And so I've been like baking apple themed goods. So it, I mean, that's like kind of new for me. I'm not much of a baker. Like I love to cook, but you know, baking is there's so much precision. Like you actually have to measure stuff. You can't be like <laughs> two garlic cloves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about a whole head? So it's been kind of fun to explore baking and my appetite's been really weird since I've been sick. So it's just been fun to figure out a different way to channel some of this energy. Like normally I would want to go for a walk or work out or whatever, like get my heart pumping. It just hasn't been possible. I couldn't breathe for a while. So uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I recommend that with clients too. It's like get creative with 
how you want to spend your time. Like, am I going to really get into baking? Probably not, but I have these gorgeous apples and why not like experiment with some different recipes and all of like the food is more palatable than what I normally eat. Yeah. I like that. Explore. Yeah. Use what you have. Start where you are. Use, use what you have. Do what you can. That's not the saying. Yeah. Trying to keep that positive mindset or get even get a positive mindset, right? It's overwhelming sometimes when you're feeling that. So, well, honestly, yeah. I, I try, like, I kind of stopped trying to have a positive mindset and just accepted that it sucked or that it sucks. And I found a lot more freedom with that, I guess. I'm like, okay, this sucks. I can't do what I want to do. I'm sick. I can't breathe. I can't like sleep through the night without these violent coughs. But what can I do? You know, like make some baked goods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to make myself sick of apple themed baked goods by the end of October. Uh, it's a good goal to have. <laughs> yeah. nice. Oh, and I started listening to uh, your band, the Blue October. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Something good did come out of it. Something um, good did come out of it. Yeah. I was like, I'll give this a try. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally my vibe. It reminds me of being all like emo and tortured as a yep in the early 2000s when I'm like, why can't someone just love me? Yeah. Listening to like Dashboard Confessional. That's, it gave me like all those vibes for like yeah. back in <laughs> when yeah. I was like in my 20s and late teens. <laughs> yeah, especially if you go, you have to go back to like the 90s and early 2000s albums, like where it's definitely a, a upward trajectory for them. But yeah, all those vibes are sitting back there and there's some as they go along, but uh yeah, definitely gets more upbeat. And I love the, just the change of their sound too, over the years. It's cool to watch. So. Well, I'm feeling the tortured vibe right now. So it yeah. was like the earlier, the earlier tunes were definitely like, yeah, I do feel kind of tortured. I'm going to roll with this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, why not embrace it? Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I should come better prepared for something to what's new. I'm just, uh, I can't remember if I've been talking. I, I don't think, yeah, we haven't recorded since I, I share this in meetings occasionally, but yeah, I started that 70. So sorry to rub this in, but I'm, I'm walking and, <laughs> and moving and feeling good at the moment. But yeah, I started that 75 hard. I think today's day 24. So I am all in on that. And that, that also kind of, uh, is something that I use for today's theme too, about maintaining rituals and that, because it gives me, it helps me because it gives me certain things to do that I want to do. Uh, I read every day anyway, but this tells me I got to read 10 pages. So, okay, I, I have that. And I, I want to move anyway, and I want to go for a walk outside. This makes me do it. I want to drink more water. Boom. Got to drink a gallon. <laughs> and it's, it's just all those things that I, I needed because after... Uh, I threw my back out in May, I kind of derailed myself for the whole summer and was in just, just that funk of, I can't get back into anything. And, uh, so I was, I, I usually, something like that happens. And I usually get to the point where I'm like, I'm sick of myself. I need to do something. Here's a challenge. I'm going to just dive into it. So that's been benefiting me at the moment. Yeah. So that's basically the main thing that I've been focused on outside of, I guess, work these past couple of weeks. So 
Yep. Yeah, I've been following along and you, I don't know like the like rules of 75 hard, but you seem to have a really healthy perspective on it. Like I see you doing like weights and stuff like that, but I see you like active recovery walk days and stretches and stuff like that. I think that's, it's just such a, like a healthy way to, to approach something like that because certain personalities, especially people in our recovery space can, that can become a new sort of addictive tendency, pushing too hard and the no pain, no gain kind of thing. And it's, I mean, since we're both experienced with injuries to our body. So I think we both approach it from like, how can I do this and not get injured at the same yeah, time? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But uh, that comes from a prior place of like always pushing through too, especially college injured. sports and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, we can only learn this lesson so many times before yeah. maybe making a change. Uh, yeah. And like, cause like in 2018, I think I tore my labrum in my shoulder and uh, from doing, I'm going to start back up and working out and all this. And I just did too much too soon. And, uh, and got, I had physical therapy for it and it fixed it uh, from the standpoint of it wasn't like pain every time I reach for something, but I still have to watch. It's still there. So like today I kind of took it easy on some of the things because I could feel that it was a little over, overdoing it a little bit. I just I have to always watch that. And yeah, like the perspective on the f- eating and stuff, I'm working to do this like sustainably, uh, not like restrictive and things like that. I'm following my own rules and, and, and trying to do build something that I can carry with me in the future. And actually I have this crazy idea, which I don't know why I'm saying this here out loud to listening, but I'm not looking to do a, a 75 hard. My thought in my head is that I'm doing 366 hard because it's a leap year next year. So I'm on day 24 of 366. Uh, it's a little thing that I, I'm like kind of playing around with in my head uh, that I think I'm just going to do this, all the same rules for a whole year. Cause I can do, I, I did the 75 hard before I, I, I've done that. I want to challenge myself a little bit more, but I'm not, I'm also not getting ahead of myself. Cause like you just said, I have the, I know I have the tendency to push it a little too much. And, but right now I'm going to focus on 75 days with the thought of continuing on after that, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, that's the kind of mind games we have to play sometimes too, right? Like yeah. even with some clients, it's like, can you commit to 30 days? Can you commit to 90 days? And then we'll reevaluate talking about doing an alcohol-free challenge, it can go the same way. But I mean, if you're doing it in a sustainable way where, I mean, if you at least have that awareness that you have the tendency to push yourself too hard, like it's just, it's so hard to do. It's so hard to, because your your body, your muscles remember that. They remember what you used to be able to do. It's like yeah. you're an athlete. I was an athlete. I'm like, I remember how I used to be able to lift weights and move my body and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know if I go to the gym, I, I'm like, yeah, I can squat that. I can squat more than that. I can keep going. And then the next day it's like toilet trust fall when you're like, I hope it's back there because I'm going for it. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. I've never heard it put like that. That's hilarious. Toilet trust fall. I'm never going to trust the process. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. If, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, my, luckily I had my, 
16 month checkup for my knee and, and everything was good. He's like, yeah, just make sure don't squat, don't do lunges, uh, don't run long distances. I'm like, okay. So when you say don't squat, you mean like, not like a bar on my back with weight. Right. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, okay. Cause I'm squatting with body weight and stuff. Lunges. I'm taking it easy. I'm like running distances. I did. I also with that whole 366, I was like, well, then I can run a marathon again next year. <laughs> and I had, I, so he talked me off of that. Not that I couldn't do it, but I just don't know why that even popped in my head. I was reading. Yeah. Never finished. And I think that was the thing. It kept like motivating me. And I'm like, I need to stop listening to this guy staff. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I am feeling good now and just ride it. We'll see in uh, February in Cleveland uh, when I have many layers on walking outside for 45 minutes, how that feels, but used to it. I like the cold. I do too. So. Yeah. I'm built for survival. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Right. I mean, maybe you can set a goal instead of running, do like a like a metric century or something on a bike. Like there's like those organized rides that you can train for. And that's a little bit more knee friendly. Yeah. And, and that's what he said too. He's like, Oh, biathlon where you bike and swim. And I'm like, yeah, I hate, bo I hate both of those words that you, I hate all those words <laughs> that came out of your mouth. Like I just know it's like not my thing. Um, um, but you never know. Like I, I kind of, I probably end up will getting a bike eventually. Um, like a stationary one at least. Uh, I have a bike. It's not like made for, for how, like riding on the road or anything. It's just like kind of tooling around bike. But, uh, yeah, eventually I could see myself getting a, a, in a stationary bike in order to exercise more and, uh, less wear and tear on the knee, but swimming, I don't know. I just sink. So I'm not, oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if I need to put myself through that. Yeah. But it's a good idea. I mean, to, to do something different. And right now it's like, I like walking outside 45 minutes. It's like my commute. I treat it like my, my old commute to work where I listen to audible. I listen to podcasts. My wife and I just walked yesterday and chatted for a bit. And so I, I do definitely look forward to that each day. Love it. Yeah. I walk as the commute too. Like I walk to work and then I walk like after work and it's just a nice way to, I don't know, separate myself from my computer or whatever too. So oh, you do both ways. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I like that. I mean, the morning is kind of whatever. I do that to tire out the puppy more than anything, but the after work one I'm realizing is like really, really important for me. It's pretty easy for me to let, especially like our, like the app stuff that we do with our clients to let that kind of yeah. bleed into the evening. And if I don't have something very representative of the end of my day, then I, I kind of never end my day. So I'll, uh, once I get, once I'm like not coughing so violently i'll probably alternate walks and going to like a 430 spin class or something yeah. like that or yoga or something so good plan yeah all right well you're 75 slash 366 hard it's a good segue we ready to move on yep. to shop talk let's do it all right in this segment we'll talk about a recovery related topic that's on our mind and yours we hope to cover the topic from all angles and land somewhere actionable and helpful for you. 
If you have a topic you want us to cover in the podcast, send an email to podcast at reframeapp.com. Or if you are a Reframe user, uh, when you're in the app, give it a shake and just let us know that you have a podcast uh, recommendation for us. So today we want to talk about how to maintain healthy rituals and routines when our schedules get kind of bonkers. We're releasing this at the end of October. We're kind of heading into the holiday season. We have Halloween coming up in the States. Then we have Thanksgiving, uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, all of it. It is so easy to say, screw it. I'll just start over in January. But what we want to talk about today is what if you went into this holiday season feeling your best, both physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, what if you have the capacity to handle holiday parties and get the kids off to school and deal with their parties and then just really enjoy like the excitement and the hustle and bustle of the season? Like what would, how would, how could, like, how can we create routines and rituals to support just having a healthier outlook and way to move through way to navigate the holiday season? So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Where to begin? Yeah, I can start a little bit and just talk about it's like a before and after sort of thing. This is my second holiday season, alcohol free. When I was a drinker, I tended to do that screw it, I'll start over in January stuff. We're going to do another episode on avoiding that. Like, we're going to kind of hit this topic pretty hard, but. Even with my drinking patterns, I was like, oh, I'll give up alcohol for 30 days or 60 days so I can return and drink like a normal person. I was always in this all or nothing camp. And I think that's what this all comes down to is moving away from either I'm all in or I'm in this screw it mentality. I'll start over when. And that when is... It can be the new year, but it can be anything else too. It can be, I'll start taking care of myself when I get that promotion or when I'm done with school or whatever. There's always like this future date, this future thing. That's when we can start doing whatever the thing is. So now like for the holidays or moving into busier seasons, stuff like that, everything I do I kind of learned as part of my recovery too. So the things that keep me happy and balanced and not as tempted to drink are the same things that just keep me sane and balanced and grounded in general. And so that's either like busy life, like it can apply to that. It can apply to stress at work. It can apply to addressing someone's relationship with alcohol. I talk about it all the time, but just time in nature and creative time are really important to me. And opting out and only attending what I call like the highest value events are, that's also really important to me. Like I know sometimes we have obligations that we can't just, we can't always say no to the things that aren't highest value, but at least minimizing them. And then of course, like making sure I'm eating regularly and eating vegetables and fiber and stuff like that, hydration, rest, all of that kind of stuff. So for me being the all or nothing kind of person, I really had to learn a lot of compassion with that. And that comes from perfectionism. It comes from people pleasing. It comes from all of these sort of 
toxic traits or whatever you want to call them that sort of led to my drinking in the first place too. So it all overlaps. It's all like part of the same umbrella of just life, right? Like navigating life in a way that brings me joy, keeps me grounded, keeps me happy. So that's just kind of like my experience with it. I try to get more realistic about the like doing it all mentality. So I talk a lot about like my group fitness classes, just movement as an example. So I love doing spin class. I love doing yoga class, but that isn't always like the best move when I'm really busy or really stressed. Like sometimes it feels like too much. So it's just like, can I build in an extra walk then instead? More walks, fewer fitness classes. It's still movement. It still counts. Like I'm not like making or breaking my health with that. It's just what is realistic for me this day, this week, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, just makes me think like, know how you operate, right? Like you said, like I'm usually all or nothing. And how can I do things in a way that, that works either within that so that I can go all in on something or to help give me options uh, so that you can, I remember you talking a while back about your menu, right? M menu of things that you have to do with, whether it's like your uh, exercise. Yeah, I, I want to go to a spin class tonight, but then tonight comes and it's like, I don't feel like it. So let's look at the menu. Let's look at the other things because uh, getting out and walking is, is yeah, is, is still better than not doing something perhaps, but maybe not doing something's better than getting out and walking too, if you need that rest, right? I mean, just knowing uh, what you need there and, and kind of being a little bit more, I don't know if intuitive is the right word with it, but gracious to yourself if you need that uh, break to do something less. Yeah, it does require a certain amount of, yeah, I would say like intuition or just the ability to, to tune in to yourself. And a lot of, that's what a lot of recovery is, right? Is like, okay, I want to drink, but I know I don't want to drink. What is it that my body really yeah. wants right now? And like, you're just kind of doing that exercise over and over and over again. It's the same thing. Even for me, alcohol has been removed for a little while. I mean, I still have to tune into what my body needs. So yeah, I'm glad you brought up like the menu of options. I just used movement as an example, but it really is kind yeah. of with everything. Yeah. And, and having that uh, again, know how you operate, right? Maybe the menu works for you, maybe it doesn't, but find that thing that, that you want to do. And, uh, it, it can be easy as you alluded to, to just say, screw it. I'll start over and in January. I know that was, that's my mentality with a lot of things and I work on it all the time. And uh, I've said before that in 2018, I did sober October and I went, made it five days, drank, that was done. And basically I said, screw it. I'll start over next year. And it, I might've did a half ass attempt on something else in December, but you know, it pushed it off. And then a year later, then I came in and I was about come at that same time in October, I was around six months alcohol free, different mindset. Obviously I had was working on it all year up until that point, but then I had to go into the holidays and I was feeling confident, but one thing we have to keep in mind is like, it's different, right? I mean, if, if you've 
never gone through a period of time with addressing how you're showing up with alcohol. If you're, if you're cutting back, if you're cutting out, whatever that looks like for you, just recognize it's going to feel different. It's going to be different. And don't, I, I, first and foremost, don't beat yourself up. If you're like, why am I, why am I so tired? Why am I feeling like this? Why do I, uh, why am I triggered like this or whatever? Because it's different. I mean, and it's, it's almost like everybody says, all right, well, January 1st is coming up and we'll just start then. And that's one of the reasons, like when I did this challenge too, like two years ago, I did it. I started like October 21st because I was sitting there thinking like, I'm going to start November 1st and it's a first of the month. It's a Monday. It's perfect. Those two line up. It'll take me to this time and the future and that'll work. And I was like, that's when I stopped. I'm like, all right, that's it. You're starting tomorrow. Like, I'm like, just do it. Like, cause if you do that, you're just always going to find a reason to, to push it off. And that's why I did that, did it too, because I'm like, this will get me to January 3rd. So I took it upon myself to try a challenge that would help guide me through the holidays that year. But I did that and I was two or three, two years alcohol free at that point, I believe. And I felt ready for it, right? If I did that the year before, would not have gone well. If I did the year before that, would not have yeah. been able to do it. So just being being realistic too on where you're at, because that first holiday season, I learned real quick that I got drained when I went to these events and showed up absolutely 1000% differently than I did before, which was drinking Kevin and not giving a shit. It was open bar. Uh, and, and that was it. There's one goal there and yeah. So re showing up differently, getting all the questions, why aren't you drinking? What's going on? Yeah, it was tiring. And I could have skipped out on some, but it was like a lot of work stuff and, and that, but I rec I realized real quick that I have to do things differently. I have to rest up beforehand. I know we've talked about this with you and then certain events, like making sure that your that battery's charged, making sure that you have rest available afterwards too. Uh, like not available, scheduled, planned, because you're going to probably need it. Everyone's different, but knowing whether you're an extrovert, an introvert, and what charges you and what, re what recharges you, what drains you and, and going into it, that in mind is important. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's like that, the prevent, like the prevention plan sort of involves tackling halt things ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I would say most people feel that like what you're talking about, just like the drained energy moving through all of this, especially not relying on alcohol as heavily as you used to, or not having alcohol as an option at all. It's very, very draining because you're learning a new skill, but it's like, it's, we forget that sometimes it's like, it's more than just remove Like even like our intro to this podcast, right. It's more than just removing what's in the yeah. glass. It's, we show up differently in life when we don't have this, the substance to lean on and it is kind of tiring. Yeah. So and, and I also like what you said about not beating yourself up too. Like, cause I, I wonder this, like, I kind of think that I'll always struggle with being this all or nothing person. 
And I found ways to ease up on that, but it's been really important for me to not beat myself up when I see those tendencies kind of coming in too. And even just like what you're doing with this, like 75 slash whatever hard, it's like you acknowledge you tend to be an all or nothing person. You've structured this challenge in a way that can be sustainable and is like kind of tackling the other things like injury prevention. It's, it's holding that higher, but you realize that I'm also the kind of person that needs to commit to something like this to get me out of the rut I've been in yeah. since I threw out my back or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, just finding a way to, to finding a way to make that work for you in a way that isn't detrimental. It isn't an all or nothing. It's just saying, Hey, I do better when I have so like someone <laughs> telling me I need to be doing this thing. Yeah. Like that accountability thing. Yep is so important, but you can structure the challenge in a way that isn't going to be like detrimental to you long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what people think with things like that. Like, oh, I couldn't possibly, you work out two times a day for 45 minutes each. And it's like, yeah, but it's like, one of those is a walk every day outside walk, uh, 45 minutes. And if you don't like that, you got to find something else. Right. But I love that. And it's, it's low impact. It's good for my knee to keep strengthening that. And occasionally I'll throw in a quick 30, 60 second jog here and there. But, uh, and, and that's, that's helpful for me. I also started uh, a specific program working out uh, online and, and that's keeping me accountable. And whenever I'm not feeling it, I stretch. 45 minutes, I'll sit there and stretch while reading a book perhaps, or actually my the last two, uh, maybe this is against the 75 hard rules. I don't really care, but the last two, uh, therapy sessions I had, I was like, you don't mind if I sit here and stretch while we're talking, right? <laughs> like that just, we, we sit there and I'm not got to work out because I fit it in where I need to, but I, but I needed to stretch that day and I needed to get this done and I had other stuff going on. So I fit it in where I could. But it was, it's a, these challenges like this helped me check off that box. Whereas before I would have just said like, I don't have time for this. So, but you know, you can start with all this whole list of stuff that you can do, or you can just focus on one area and say like every day, no matter what, I'm going to pick up that book and read five pages. I'm going to go for a walk, even if it's 10 minutes, I'm going to and have that one thing that you can check off. You don't need to check off 50 things or anything like that, but what do you want to do? And what like helps you, what recharges you? What do you, what do you feel motivated to work on now? Because if you're not motivated to work on it, it's going to be tough to fit that in. But when I don't always like to rely on motivation because if I relied on motivation, I wouldn't work out half the time. So I rely on accountability and posting the stuff on Instagram, joining this group and, and, and having somebody to be accountable to things like that are helpful to me. So it's like, I know how I operate and I try and build something to help me operate in that way. Yeah. I mean, what you're describing is just like the overcoming the inertia, like changing habits are really hard. It's, and it's that way for a reason, right? Because 
I mean, imagine having to learn how to like relearn how to walk every day or learn how to tie your shoes or how you brush your teeth or whatever. Like that's exhausting. And that's, I mean, that's basically what we're asking our brain to do when we're trying to do a new habit. It's like, <laughs> we're so used to like whatever the habit is that changing that even when it's for the best is so incredibly difficult. And so you're talking about if movement is your goal or whatever, just saying, I'm going to commit to walking every day, even if it's around the block, it's five, 10 minutes, whatever. And all you're doing is overcoming that inertia and building it into your day and finding a way to build it into your day so that you can evaluate your life, evaluate these rituals and routines that are, are going to help you like achieve whatever goal it is you're trying to achieve and doing it in a realistic way and doing it in a way that that isn't going to be in this all or nothing kind of mindset because a 10 minute walk after dinner, it, like that's really beneficial. Like it's beneficial for your digestion. It's beneficial for blood sugar. It's beneficial to just get outside, especially as we approach these winter months. It's like that fresh air, even when it's cold, even when it's cloudy, it's just, it's so refreshing for our bodies to have access to that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to go outside and do something every single day. Right. But what would, what would work for you? Like thinking about like, Oh, I want to walk more. Can you get a partner to do it with either, either in person or just someone to check in for accountability and say, Hey, three times this week, let's go, we're going to go for a walk or, or whatever. And I know we're, we're kind of beating on that thing, but, but insert whatever <laughs> for walk, like any kind of thing that you want to keep consistent with and focus on as we close out these last few months of 2023, right? I mean, that is, I think, a, a super beneficial thing to do is to end the year strong with something. And it doesn't have to be hitting all our goals like all at once and, and doing all that, but it can just be setting, starting a small habit to carry with you into the new year and you feel like you're ahead of the game. So yeah, making that decision. Yeah. And honestly, you probably won't be hitting all of whatever your goals are. No. Like, do we ever? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Like, I review, like, I have a very intense, like, planner kind of system. And so I'll, like, I'll look at it, I'll look at it every quarter I'll evaluate it, every month I'll evaluate it, every week and every day. And I do like this evaluation I do is is different levels. So quarterly goals might be something like, God, what's been on my list for a while? Oh, there's like a mountain here I want to hike that uh, I haven't been able to train for, yeah. obviously, but it's like the elevation gain and like how far it is. I can't just like go out and hike that, right? So if my quarterly goal is to hike to hike that at the end of say i don't know second quarter 2024 then i can put in some monthly goals for what i need to do in order to like eventually build up to that and then weekly i can look at okay how am i supporting that there's like this injury prevention lens there whatever i'm going to move away from movement <laughs> so other like other goals that i've had that i've done like using this is i mean business related goals of course social goals so like 
a big part of my life was drinking at the bar and a lot of my friends still drink and I didn't want to lose these these relationships and they aren't the kind of relationships that I had to lose. It's just a lot of what they do is at night and I like to go to bed at like 8.30. So I've talked before about game night, like we do, we host game nights now. So like Wednesday nights have just become the thing. Like we have them at the Pringley's house, we play games and in a couple of weeks we're doing one that's, we're calling it the Pringley's Pumpkin Palooza. So cheesy, I know. My husband did not sign off on that, but I, I like printed invitations and mailed them to people and stuff. And we're going to carve pumpkins and I'm doing like apple and pumpkin and fall treat themed treats. And we're just going to like have a good time with pumpkin themed whatever. So like that was something I wrote down in my goals because I'm like, we are not like we are not getting enough social time and like I'm not. I don't get triggered. So they drink like at our house or whatever. The activity never centers around drinking. Like we're not going to the bar to talk. Like we're coming over to our house to play games or do this like pumpkin carving contest Mm -hmm. thing and alcohol happens to be there. So I don't know. It's like for me having that kind of order, just like your 75 hard, but having this process for, me checking in on hitting these goals and a broad scope of them too. Like we do talk a lot about movement, but I have vocational goals. I have spiritual goals, like all of the menu of stuff we always talk yeah. about. Like how can I support my well-being in this like holistic yeah. way? And then a lot of that is building these rituals. And so that's yeah. why we're talking yeah. about and, it. <laughs> and I'll throw another one in is like that I'm focused on now. I say I'm working on, but I feel like to work on something, you actually have to do it every once in a while. And that's my sleep. And that's, that's been tough lately for various reasons. It's always, I'm kind of like, I know this isn't a thing, but I feel like I'm like a night owl and an early bird all at the same time, which doesn't bode well for sleep. Uh, but (laughs) you know, lately one of the things I'm doing is like, usually the walk outside goes to the end of the day and I get in whenever I walked on Friday, I think, or one of the days last Thursday or Friday, I was like out there at 11 o'clock at night walking and I came, came home and yeah, I was kind of wired. <laughs> so I was up till two 30. Uh, that didn't, that didn't bode well, but then again, it's like, that's how I you know, need to manage my time better and move that walk earlier and, and figure that stuff out. Right. But ultimately like that's something I'm, I'm working on as part of this is like, really looking at how can I get the benefits of of more sleep? Uh, I need that. I haven't been doing well with it. And I I talk about, I always like to work on my bookends for the day. Uh, I just shared that on, on Instagram. I think I, I don't know if it was yesterday or day before, but it, uh, I, I feel like the, the bookends we can control more and, and, definitely the first bookend for me, I can control more when I wake up. Like I have more, a little bit more time. Someone else, maybe yours is in the middle of the day or at the end of the day that you can control depending on your schedule, depending on what you have going on. But the the beginning of the day, I can control a little bit better. And I'm trying to control it even better. Like for me, reading is big. Reading, cup of coffee is the w- way I love to start my day. I need to put my phone down. <laughs> 
And so, that, so I've been getting better at what I'm going to get up. I'm going to get my coffee, get my water and pick up my book and just read, put my phone down. Uh, so learning how you, where some of these pitfalls are and be like, okay, put the phone down. And then once you're done with this and check this off, then go on and do the things that you need to do there or want to do. And then the end of the day, setting up that other bookend is important for me, but that's the one I'm working on right now. I got the, I got the, I got the morning one down, but how can I, I always call it, put myself to bed. <laughs> like I'm like a child. Like I need to just sometimes tell myself, go to bed. And I picked up a new uh, book I want to read. Cause I like to read fiction at night. Like whenever I had a good routine, I always had fiction every night. I, I read at least a page. Usually it was a lot more just because, or a couple, a little bit more at least, but that's one of the things I like. So I wasn't, I, I didn't have books that I was like interested in. I kind of fell off of one. And so I picked up Pet Cemetery. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I've, I've wanted to read this. Uh, I've seen it. The, I, there's part of that movie that, still haunts me to this day, decades later after seeing it, whenever I'm uh, standing near a bed, if anybody's seen it, I don't want to talk about it. Tell, uh, <laughs> not that I'm giving anything away, I guess, but yeah, just don't want to go there. It freaks me out. Uh, but and then I open the book and read the introduction. And it's by Stephen King's writing. Like this, it, when people ask me what's the most terrifying book that I've ever written or most horrifying book to me that I've ever written, it's Pet Cemetery, And I was like, yes. <laughs> This is going to be good. Um, anyway. <laughs> I love that that's your like light nighttime reading. Oh, yeah. Well, in last year, whenever <laughs> I was going, doing well, it was I read Carrie. I read uh, Salem's Lot, <laughs> The Shining, and then The Stand is the one that I fell off uh, and de got derailed on. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm, I was going to go in order, but then I was like, no, I'm just going to mix it up and pick one that I want to read. But yeah, that's my that's my light nighttime reading only one only one time i remember uh actually waking up from nightmares and it was during the shine when i was reading the shining and yeah one time out of all those books so far that had actually gave me nightmares but yeah i remember that that was freaky do you did you watch friends oh yeah ever they like did the like <laughs> joey would put the shining in the oh. freezer to yeah, keep him safe. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're actually, uh, my daughter goes through. So we, we usually land on a series like The Office or uh, Friends is the one we're on now. We're, we're all sitting around. We just throw that on. That's right. The shiny goes in the freezer. Yeah. And Phoebe's sexy phlegm. That's what I have going on right now, too. Are you going to sing for us? A little smelly cat? <laughs> yeah. Or no, stinky shoes? I should have. Yeah, the stink, my sticky yeah. shoes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, like that. So like, I know that helps me to, to read at night because then I'm like, especially when I have something I want to read because then I'm like, ooh, I want to go read this, right? But, you know, doing that bookend is, can be anything. And it's only going to help. And I remember someone saying in a meeting, like we were talking about morning rituals and uh, they said something which I loved, which is like my morning ritual starts the night before. If I don't do that, if I don't lay out my clothes, if I don't go to bed, if I don't do this, then my morning is going to be off and it's not going to work. So recognizing the kind of uh, beneficial back and forth between those two is why I like to focus on them. Uh, because the middle of the day, 
just going to get sucked up with stuff. Uh, can't, can't always control it. Can't ever control it sometimes depending, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of my approach. And, and so if you're looking to start somewhere, I would say pick one of those, those bookends and just say, what is something that I am looking to improve? So my sleep, is it just getting to bed or is it just ending my night? Is it waking up and including something in my morning, uh, and just start there and start small. Agree. And I mean, something you said, that's probably the most important thing is figuring out what works for you because it's like, especially in the recovery community, it's, there's a lot of meditation, journaling, yoga going around, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but they just might not be the high value thing for you. Like you're talking about, if you want to go to bed early, you have to have a book you're excited to read because so then you're like excited to go to bed. You're like, Ooh, I can't wait. Like I'm starting to get tired. I'm going to go and read pet cemetery. Like, <laughs> and I don't even know what I'm talking about. I listen I to like true, just true say, crime. I'm to like, sleep, aren't so. you the one that like uses true crime as a sleep story? true crime and cult stories and, and memoirs, sometimes addiction memoirs, but yeah, it's all like dark stuff yeah. for sure. So yeah, no judgment here. <laughs> what am I even doing? But yeah, picking something that's high value that you look forward to doing related to your goal. So going to bed early, what's going to get you in bed early? Well, for you, it's reading Stephen King. And like for me in the morning, like I've never been a big journaler, but I do have this like elaborate planner thing. And there's like a whole like blank page where I might just sit down and look at my schedule for the day, look at how things are aligning with my goals for the week and the month and the quarter, whatever, and maybe write out some intentions or like lately it's been writing about how pissed off I am that I can't get yeah. a win and just getting it out of my head, like physically out of my head and onto the paper is a really like is a it's good for me. Like it feels like it's leaving yeah. my body. And then I'm sore a lot. Like I sit for a living, whatever. I like to start my day with like supportive yin yoga. Like I don't do, I'll do like some breath work kind of stuff, but I'm just not the kind of person who can sit and like journal out feelings or sit and meditate. But if I'm doing these like restorative yoga poses, I do find myself kind of getting into a meditative state. So yeah. And I, and I look forward to that and it feels good on my body. So just finding what it is that you really like to do so that you'll actually stick to the ritual. And then that's sort of a form of habit stacking. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, same. And yeah, cause the, the thing I'm doing now too is I'm, I'm doing like a body beach body workout. It's body now, but it's called chop wood, carry water, which as soon as I heard that, I was like, Ooh, signing up for that because I, <laughs> I love the book i love that one book and it's there's a lot out there about that whole mentality but it's a lot of he calls it primal movements so you're on the ground and you're kind of moving around and stuff which is totally strengthening my back it's to i feel it already in three weeks and i'm starting week four now and i can feel how it's strengthening these things and that's what i was hoping for when i started it uh and i'm very glad that that someone told me about that because it's exactly what I needed. And I kind of just lucked into it, but I'm going to, after this week it's over, I'm going to start again on week one and just go through it again. But it was something we were talking about earlier this morning too. So, fi so finding that thing that, uh, benefits you, like you said, the yin yoga, uh, because you sit all day and that helps like 
doing something that you enjoy that benefits you. I mean, you can stack all those things on there. Uh, that's just all the more motivation to do it. But yeah, we were talking this morning uh, in the meeting. I actually texted my wife from the meeting. I'm like, can you bring up my uh, journal from downstairs by my coffee? And so she brought up my journal and it's this nice leather bound, leatherish, yeah, I think it's leather bound uh, journal with these nice pages and, and all this that I bought. Cause I was like, oh, you know what? I want to start journaling by hand. I usually do it in my phone and I still do it always in my phone. And, but I wanted to do some in here and then it sat for weeks. And that was one of the people who shared talked about like, they got this beautiful journal and they don't want to mess it up. And so, so my thing is like, whatever you start with, just start ugly, just, uh, and, and that's what at one day I was just like, you know what, I'm going to write as close together and as, as <laughs> indecipherable as possible and just go and write as fast as I can and ugly as I can. I already write ugly to begin with. So it's, that's why I like <laughs> to type my stuff out, but you know, that, that, I have to do this just right mentality holds us back from, from doing so much when, you know what, if I just, not to say like jump into a workout program or something unprepared or go too far, like do it, you know, safely and within your limits, but just start, whether that is something like that, whether that's journaling, whether that's meditation, you're, you're going to suck at it and, and just allow yourself to not be good at it. If it's something new and be messy and don't like, yeah. Perfection is the enemy of good, right? I mean, yeah. And it's with all with any of these routines. I think if something like that is holding you back, almost purposefully go the other way and just draw all over it. Uh, in, in this instance, and just rip the bandaid off, essentially, and and just start. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a reoccurring theme for for us, like showing up messy and giving yourself permission to suck at something like what you're describing with the journaling and not wanting to like mess up this gorgeous journal. It's just like saying you're going to wait to join the gym until you're already in shape. Right. So, like it, <laughs> they won't let me in until I can. Yeah. I and, know, and, and that's like, that again. was like my ego. Right. I mean, that was my ego. Like I used to be yeah. in, phenomenal shape when I played football and afterwards and how dare I get to this point and I can't show my face until I get back to that. It's like, okay, never going to get back to that. And you know how I get back to that? If I do, <laughs> by going to the gym and I had to put my ego aside for things like that. And at least that's how I saw it for, for in that instance, in a lot of these things. Yeah. Our egos get in the way. It's hard. I mean, it is really hard coming from, yeah, competitive athlete background. I, it's, it's hard for me to show up in the gym and spin class, everything. It's like I've put on a lot of weight over the past few years with chronic illness and just burnout, stress, drinking. Yeah, I mean, accepting that our bodies fluctuate, they change, and they're not going to function like they did when we were 20 years old. And all we were doing was playing sports and going to school. Like, if, if that's all I had to do, I probably could do that again, but I, I, my days aren't yeah, like that yeah. anymore. And that's, I just shared that and, on Instagram too, with like <sighs> way to get out of your he head by just showing every like, uh, before picture that I've taken over the last five years on, on a reel to 
just be like, look, this goes up and down this, it's not perfect. And I just needed to get out of my head and, and be like, you know what, I'm going to keep going. I'm not, I'm not going to be that. I have to get in shape to go to the gym. Like I'm not going to sit there and focus on, uh, what's in the mirror in order to keep myself going. And from that capacity, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to keep working on this. And that goes along with part of my like year long plan, because I just want to show up for myself every day. It's not about doing a year. It's not about saying I did that for a year or 75 days or something like that. It's about just showing myself that I can do some of these things and be consistent and just show up for myself so that I feel better. And if that's one thing, if that's six things, that's, I think, important to have that mindset shift. I'm not doing this to beat myself up, whatever it is, or I'm not anything like that. I'm doing this for my health. I'm doing this for my mind. I'm doing this for, yeah, just to feel better for myself and others. Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. Like you just want to show up for yourself and yeah, I saw that reel where you had all of those like before and after pictures. It was just like showing that this is the human experience. Like, like I'm so tired of these like perfectly curated, like all of this content out there. And it's like that everywhere. It's, it's in the recovery space. It's in every sort of space that's on social media. And it's so refreshing just to see a human being out there doing the best they can, showing that like my body has changed over the past however many years. And that's, and like, I just want to come here and show up for myself and release that yeah. from yeah my body. Cause I felt like I was hiding it too. And it's not like I was, I felt like I was trying to be perfect and, and I was going to get to that place again before I showed up in that way. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to show up now. So yeah, how can we, I guess, show up now for ourselves? What does that look like heading into the end of the year here? Yeah, let's move on to our tips. This was a really good discussion. And we're already at an hour. We'll see how much of that you can cut. <laughs> I got five minutes at this point, maybe from the beginning and uh, <laughs> before like we started up. But other than that, I don't know. All right. So our tips for maintaining healthy rituals and routines when your schedule gets really busy, in particular around the holidays. The first thing I'm going to say, is, I added this kind of last minute, but really be honest with yourself and ask yourself if you're wearing busyness as a badge of honor. Oh boy, that's a hard one because our society likes to, uh, I don't know. it's like we're rewarded and praised for being exhausted and for being productive and being these like perfect little cogs in the capitalistic machine of uh, how our economy and everything runs. And I say this from experience and with so much love and compassion because I was that person uh, that was one of the first things I had to confront. That was part of the perfectionism, this overachieving, high achieving, uh, type A kind of personality. That was a lot of what I was drinking at. Uh, it was alcohol, having my wine at the end of the day. That was the only time I allowed myself to 
turn my brain off. It was my reward for the end of a busy, productive day. It was, that was my only, the only opportunity I gave myself to simply be. And so before you start thinking, oh, I'm so busy, whatever, like, are you really, like, is this all really necessary? Are you trying to prove something to someone or to yourself? Like, probably, are you trying to prove that you are worthy or that you are important or you are already like inherently worthy or inherently lovable just as you are, no matter how productive you are. Um, was anyone thinking any less of me that I haven't done any work in like four or five weeks because of surgery and being sick and everything? Like, no, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> right. But there was a time in my life when I would have felt like such a loser because I was so sick for so long. So I just ask that you just take an honest look at yourself. And if you are signing up for all of these things, these parties, these events, the, I don't know, volunteering yeah. or things with the kids or uh, anything else, like, are you trying to prove something to someone or to yourself? Are you wearing that busyness as a badge of honor? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, because the the thing I immediately thought was, uh, I give everybody permission here to not send holiday cards this year. People, it, people do like happy holidays, and and you you get all these, but they're so like, oh, I got to send them to this person, this person. It, like, it's become such a thing. Maybe it's just like something we talk about, or maybe people already don't do that. But we've kind of stopped doing that for a while. It's just like it's just that extra thing. It's just like that's one just thing that is total obligation and some people love it right if you love it do it if you, if it brings you joy to write a newsletter and send it to all your friends and family because you want to share that's phenomenal uh if it's this chore that you hate with a passion don't do it like and that's just one like example of not doing things just because it's expected or we feel the need to show up in a certain way or do, do something. Right. Uh, I don't know. That's, it's probably a dumb example, but no, it's a perfect example. Cause it's like, what's the spirit behind yeah. the thing. Right. If in like what you're describing is like the spirit behind sending out holiday cards can be like yeah. joyful for you, or it can come from the sense of obligation where, no one cares yeah. either way. Like I love getting holiday cards, but I don't notice if someone doesn't send yeah. me one either. Yeah. And yeah. And, and just, I mean, you're going to be dealing with a lot of, there's a lot of obligations around this time of year too, whether it's gift giving or just, or difficult times too, where memories that are tough. So how can you just focus on what's truly important to you? and not worry about obligation easier said than done. And yeah, there are things that we all, that we're all going to do out of obligation, but I, I, I just say challenge that just to see if it's, it's like, do I like doing this just to see, I mean, you still might do it and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that, but can you do it in a way that you don't mind it or that you do like it? Otherwise just taking a look at it, but yeah, busyness is a badge of honor is, is an easy one to slip into uh, this time of year for sure. Yeah. So, and 
next, and that actually was a good segue, is just be realistic about how much you can do. A lot of what we talked about this entire episode was on like what works for you, like what your goal is, uh, how you want to build this into your routine. The truth is we can't do it all. And part of being realistic is being radically honest about yourself and your your limitations. Like I have a lot of energy limitations. I not only am I and I am I an introvert, but I struggle with chronic fatigue still. Like it just hasn't really let up. It's a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. Like I'm no longer couch bound. I could talk about going to spin class and yoga and whatever. I can do those things, but I still struggle with chronic fatigue. So it's just not realistic for me to be overbooked ever. It I might not it might not lead to drinking, but it might lead to me getting sick again. But it'll compromise my immune system and then it's like if I don't proactively take the rest, my body will find a way to make me rest. And so just being realistic about what you can handle emotionally, physically, whatever. And then like Kevin said before, be realistic about what you like have to do. It's and kind of questioning that, like, do you really have to make your bed every day? Do you really have to, like, I don't know, like, I like to, I like an organized space, but if that's not something that bothers you, then maybe that's something that I don't even know why that came into my head. Make your bed, everyone. Uh, no. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what the have tos versus the want tos versus the shoulds and all that. In uh, yeah, do you have to? I, I think oh, when we moved into into this house uh, a couple years ago, I I made Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner all uh, from scratch myself. I wanted to do it all myself. I. I did things on the grill. I, I, I made a cake from scratch, like literal everything scratch. And I, I was interested in that. I was, I was into cooking that and I was doing all this stuff. I haven't done it since because I was like, I did that. That was good. All right, let's get some <laughs> Bob Evans mashed potatoes next year. I'll put a, I'll put something on the grill and, and let's just do it easy. Like, but, but gauging that, and it goes back to, yeah, just being realistic that you don't have to do that, uh, whatever it is. And being realistic too, I think from the standpoint of how alcohol is showing up, being realistic about going into events, like doing that prevention plan ahead of time, or just that, that plan of action that you're, you're looking at, what is, what's my goal here? Uh, am I not drinking? Am I, am I cutting back and sticking with a target? How can I do that? Uh, how can I go into this and not drink with planning that out and coming up with that plan, but coming up with that plan, a realistic plan, like saying, I'm going to go to to this place, like a family gathering or a work event or, or something where it's going to be six hours long. And I always drank there before, and I'm going to stay the whole time might not be the smartest thing. Uh, having a plan to leave early, show up late, things like that, uh, that we've talked about in the past, like having that plan is, and like I said, being realistic about it is important. Yeah. That's a really great point. I don't know why I didn't think about that, but yeah. I mean, can you realistically stick to your, your goals surrounding your relationship with alcohol in these, in these circumstances? I always think of it from an energy standpoint. Like as soon as my energy is out the door, that's when I want to drink. So 
like for me, not drinking has become a managing my energy yeah. exercise. And like, yeah. And, and I am jumping ahead of myself, I think, just from the standpoint of we'll talk about this more in another uh, episode closer, maybe for early uh, December, I believe. So I talked about this on one of my meetings, but identifying non-negotiables. We're obviously talking a lot about routines, rituals, stuff like that. Some of this stuff is what I would call like leveling up, right? Like leveling up your recovery, leveling up life, taking like the next step to propel yourself forward. When I think of non-negotiables, those are like the basics that are like literally non-negotiables, right? Like water and food and a yeah. roof over our head. What are the must haves for you sticking to your goals around uh, alcohol and taking care of yourself? And for me, that's nature, rest, not being overbooked. I, I don't have two social events two days in a row. I might be able to do that with plenty of advance notice. And that would require a lot of preparation. That would require probably not hosting a meeting either of those days like for energy reasons, like I would have to shift things around. The stars would have to al align for me to do two social or two, uh, social events two days in a row. So like those are some of my non-negotiables, like sleep, rest, and being really mindful of my social calendar. Like those are the things that tell me I'm taking care of myself. Those are the things that will minimize my desire to drink alcohol because I won't be overtaxed. I won't be tired and I won't be over-socialized. Over-socialized, always yeah. want to drink. Yeah. Uh, I'd say for me, it's, and that, and that's a great point that you, you brought up about, yeah, not being overtaxed, not being overbooked. Yeah. Because along with everything we've been saying, as far as you know, that that is going to be the biggest thing for you. Uh, if you let things overwhelm you without putting them back in check. So, so planning for that. And that, that's probably mine is like, I, I think back to my first holiday season going into it and it was, I was, didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I was using a therapist, uh, as part of my main, main tool, uh, to work through this. And so regular check-ins with her were, were helpful and very important. But, you know, I was kind of just figuring this all out as we went. And I just remember doing like back to back to back three days in a row. It was three or two or three days in a row with the holiday parties for work. And it, uh, I got to that. It was like on a Wednesday and a Thursday. And I think I was off Friday and I slept like all day. <laughs> like I was like, holy shit. I didn't realize the amount of mental drain that was going to happen from that. And, and, and that obviously kicked off like, okay, I need to watch that in the future. But then also I think for me, it was staying connected with my people, whether that was a friend on Instagram, whether that was my therapist, whether that was my wife, I, I had to, I say, raise my hand when I have a problem, not just keep it all to myself. Uh, I had to raise my hand and, and say like, okay, I, because yeah, I, once I got into December of that year, I was like, oh, I was already at the beginning of December thinking like, okay, Ann just going to her mom's for New Year's. I'm like, that's a perfect time for me to, uh, to drink. And I sat with it for a while. And then I finally just told my therapist and told Ann, and I'm like, yeah, 
but by saying it, by telling someone else, getting it out there and talking it through, I was able to kind of calm myself and cause it was, it was the overwhelm of it all. And then I worked on finding tools to rest and, and help with that. And I'd say the second year it would have been just planning because I feel like at some point I, I kept telling myself, I'm like, don't be overconfident. Don't be overconfident because I was just didn't want to get tripped up. And so I was kind of cautious of that. So planning, I think ahead is my number one thing now, just assessing the situation. And right now it could be easy. Like I, I don't have to put much thought into that, but I assess the situation, see if there's anything that's potentially an issue for me and then go move on from there. But that comes with years of working on that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Something I I like to do, I mean, in Greenville here, at least, like we have a lot of fall or like fall markets and holiday theme markets and stuff like that because we have nice weather mostly year round. So like instead of saying yes to like all the holiday parties and stuff like that, a lot of times I'll decline that, but I'll get a group of a group of girlfriends together to go to these holiday markets and we'll get like coffee and then we'll walk around. I'll do some holiday shopping and then maybe we have lunch afterward. And like, that's a great, like I have great energy during the day and it peters out at night. It gets me in bed early. It tackles like holiday shopping while spent like doing social time with people outside. Like it buckets all of these things together. And I don't feel bad about missing their holiday party because I'm getting this great like one-on-one, one-on-three time with people that I really want to spend time with, or it at least makes me feel better about maybe going to the party, but just showing up for like an hour and then leaving or something like that. So I don't know. It's like getting creative like that. And a lot of this confidence just came from being further removed from alcohol too. Like I think when I was drinking, I, all of that people pleasing and stuff, like you just think you're a little bit more important than you really are. Like you're not making or breaking the holiday party. Uh, Most people won't notice. Yeah. And like leaving early, no one really cares. Like you just kind of realize that it's not as big of a deal as we think it is, but that's been a really nice compromise for, for me making like realizing that I can't do it all. And with my non-negotiables being that not being overbooked, like I find that, getting creative, spending time with people has been really effective for me. Yeah, so, all right, let's breeze through yeah. these lightning round, lightning rounds. So next saying, no, you don't have to do it all. That one's obvious. Everything Similar we've talked about realistic. You <laughs> can't do it now, all. Like, right. Supports that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it all, nor do you have to. And then we already talked about this quite a bit, but escaping the all or nothing mindset and realizing this is more kind of health focused or even just habit goal focused, but our health and even our life, our goals, everything like that. It's all the accumulation of our, these behaviors yeah. over time. Like no one day, one week, one month is going to make or break you, your health, anything, I'm not saying that to give you permission to go and drink. I'm just saying when you're thinking all of these goals outside and when you're thinking about like these rituals and stuff, like maybe you can't do your full morning ritual 
or your full evening ritual, whatever you build for yourself, but make, can you do five minutes, 10 minutes? Can you be mindful with that and just doing your best and moving your body, getting some sleep, drinking your water, eating a few vegetables. (laughs) It's like, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Um, Yeah. And the way I like to kind of tell myself now, if I kind of go down that thing of like, I've been doing this for this period of time. Like, why isn't why? I'm, I'm on day 24 of 75 hard. I'm on day 1600 some of uh, not having a drink, but really I'm on day like 15,000 plus of Kevin, <laughs> like my life. And, and I kind of like look at it that way. Like it's been 50, I haven't been doing this for 1600 days or, or 24 days. I've been doing this for 15,000 plus days. I, I looked up the, I did the number before in a spreadsheet a couple of weeks ago and I think it's somewhere around there, but 15,000 plus days have formed these habits that I have right now. So if I want to change them, I just got to start small. Like I built them up over the, all those days. I don't know. That's just different perspective maybe that I wanted to throw out there. Um, oh, I love that. And I love a good spreadsheet. I'll, I'll I'll do it right now. I'll figure out the days, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, uh, ask for help. Kevin talked about how he wanted to host Thanksgiving and Christmas and do everything from scratch or whatever. Um, we're big fans of, uh, of having our friends and family pitch in when we host. So we're proper hosting the pumpkin Palooza, but normally on game nights, we, will like pick a theme or something and I'll say, okay, I'll have uh, X, Y, and Z. Can you, can you guys work out among you, like bringing A, B, and C to round us out or whatever, just find ways to simplify your life. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like use disposable dishes, order to like meal delivery service for a few weeks, pay for someone else to wrap gifts, hire someone to clean your house, order dessert from a local bakery, like all of these things. I mean, like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And I always talk about one of my favorite things to spend my non-drinking money on is the person to clean my house. We're becoming friends with them and I'm supporting a local business and promoting lo- like stimulating local economy. And it's removing something from my plate that I really don't want to do. And I don't want to argue with my husband about it. It's win, win, win. Just ask for help. You're not weak or you're not a loser for asking for help. Like it does take a village, doesn't yeah. it? Like we're, we're intended to be in, yeah. in community and yeah. tribe. Because nobody ever does anything alone. I mean, I always just kind of go back to that. Like even if that's how we feel because I cleaned my whole house and I did all this, but you had other people like helping you in other spots so that you could do that. Like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's not about that but it's it's just there's no reason to do things alone and i don't mean run out and and get all the those things we can't do that right i mean we have to make sure that it works for us but just the help aspect say with alcohol right there's no reason to just be like i'm gonna do this by myself and all that like no jump on instagram jump on reframe go to the forum go to a meeting See what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Ask for. That's all ego. 
like just like you talk like that's been like a little th- reoccurring theme in yeah. in what you've shared with us today too just having your ego wrapped up in it and like realizing i do have to like sometimes come to the table and raise my hand and ask for yeah. help or whatever it can like for alcohol that like that, that rings true and for just regular life stuff that rings and, true yeah i mean and that that whole what that your your topic ask for help that's changed my life i'll say that <laughs> How about a, a ringing endorsement for asking for help? It's literally changed my life because before that, whether with alcohol or other stuff, I'd be like, I'll do this by myself. I'm going to do sober October. I'm going to stop this month. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cut back. I'm going to, and yeah, it might work for a little bit, but then it didn't. And it wasn't until I'm like, I have to do things differently and I need someone to guide me a little bit on how to do that or give me another idea or give me what I needed truly accountability for it. So, yeah. That's kind of, it's like a, we, we're not going to get into this, but it is a societal yeah. thing like here in the States. And it's just like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like hyper individualistic, hyper independent. Like it's, we talk about that, the airplane analogy, like put your mask on first, whatever. And it's like, well, if the whole plane is going down, it doesn't really matter. Right. So like the collective is super duper important and we're just encouraged, like reach out to that collective, build that collective, yeah. build that community and yep. lean on your people. Yep. And, and for the record, I'm, I'm on day 16,097. So that's what <laughs> day I'm on. Well, I, then I'm going to look up when your birthday was when we're done. It was just last month. So <laughs> I know I was. I don't know the year. Okay, so let's close this out an hour and a half later. We'll move on to the tip of the week. <laughs> so I'll give you one tip that you can take action on this week to move your life forward. And what I'm going to suggest is identify your non-negotiables and schedule them in as you would any other appointment. So talked about the non-negotiables. We talk about them a lot. So I want you to book them as if they were any other really important appointment. So talked a lot about rest with that rest movement, uh, all of those things that, um, as Kevin would say that like demonstrate to you that you're showing up for yourself. Yeah. Showing up for yourself. Uh, just trying to think of something I, I said recently in a meeting, but basically being like non-negotiables, it's like a big scary word sometimes, right? Like, because what happens if you don't do your non-negotiable, then it's negotiable, right? And that's where showing up, that's where <laughs> showing up in whatever way based on your energy that day, I think is important. Like having a non-negotiable, but being flexible within the non-negotiable uh, to account for that. Because I think it's more important to be consistent. It doesn't have to be every day, but be consistent with something that's important to you in a small way versus trying to versus being inconsistent in a big way versus showing up for that thing. So I, I think just to, to add two cents in there, that's what I would think. Yeah. I mean, your non-negotiable could be like checking in with yourself every few hours throughout the day to see how, like yeah. literally how you're doing, like, actually asking yourself, how am I right now? Am I stressed? If I'm stressed, what can I do to deal with that? Like maybe that's your only non-negotiable, yeah. right? Is just 
like that's one of the best ways to show yep. up for yourself. And that could be done with a simple remind or reminder or alarm on your phone or if you have a watch that taps you every once in a while, do you know, use that. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap right. it up, Kev. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Reframable Podcast, brought to you by the Reframe app. Reframe is the number one app on both Android and iOS to help you cut back or quit drinking alcohol. It uses neuroscience to reframe your relationship with alcohol and unlock the healthiest, happiest you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share with those that you feel may benefit from it. If you have a topic and you'd like us to cover it on the podcast, send an email to podcast at reframeapp.com. Or if you're on the Reframe app, open it up give it a, give your phone a shake and uh once the bop box pops up ask a question and let us know what yours is i want to thank you again for listening and be sure to come back next week for another episode and have a great day bye